So here we are, episode five. Just finished recording with Audra McCain, local triathlete, local elite triathlete, yeah. would you say? Category one triathlete for anyone that knows. We didn't know before we started chatting about it, but he's basically the, the highest of the high in his age group in the country. So we'll experience that. I suppose we want to let people know what's been happening. It's been about four weeks since we put out a podcast. We've been relatively inactive and we do have plans to get on some more podcasts um, a bit more often going forward. Uh, it's been about four weeks since we put a podcast out. We've both been quite busy at events. So the, the last podcast we, we were on, we talked about running four weeks, four events. So we just finished that. That's exactly what happened. And that's what happened. Um, and we, between as well, we did, we did actually record one podcast, but... It wasn't our podcast. There's an American podcast called the Adventure Sports Podcast. I said podcast about 20 times there now. Say it again. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a, an American podcast that... I'm, I'm just going to stop saying podcast then. Uh, there's, an <laughs> <laughs> there's an American show called the Adventure Sports Podcast. For fuck's sake. And they, they, a guy called Kurt brought us on. Um, it was more. It was similar to episode one of our own show, where we were more explaining just the idea behind the whole concept, and then they they kind of we were we were on the other side of the table. It was them asking us questions. It, it was good. It, it was good. It, yeah. it was really good. So we're expecting that to come out uh, probably within the next week. So as soon as that drops, we'll stick a link up online for that. Yeah. And um, if, even if you're not interested in adventure sports, if you just want to hear an American guy struggle, they understand too, there I guess. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, uh, I hope they have some good editing skills anyway. Yeah. Um, but th- it was our first time running a, a Skype podcast as well, which be interesting to see how that turns out because like, we have a, a nice, shiny, professional studio here that, that we're operating out of and we've got some guests that we have maybe lined up that are can't get up into the studio so we we steered clear of that because we wanted the podcast to come out as high quality and and as good as it could but the skype interview went really well it was all seamless and if it comes out sounding half decent then it opens us up to uh, you know uh, the world i suppose mm. for guests and and we already have guests that aren't in the city that, that would love to come on the show so i suppose It'd be, be good they they start doing that. Yeah, we had a few people contact us about maybe doing a Skype podcast uh, and we're, we were like, it's too much a nightmare, audio-wise. Uh, we don't want to drop in the quality. Uh, but it was all seamless. I suppose mm. any time I've used Skype before, it's been on my phone with 4G connection or something, you see stuff drop. and uh, um, We're only looking for the audio as well, so it, it doesn't matter so much about the video. So, listen... We'll see how this turns out, and if it's a goer, then we'll start banging out a couple of Skype interviews and getting getting some really interesting guests on. So the events, we ran four events. First one was a half marathon. Um, if anybody's following us on Facebook, you'll, you'll have seen photos and updates of, of all these events, but for anyone that's not, I'll just give you a quick rundown. The first one was um, the Donegal half marathon. Ran that in one forty nine. Wasn't trying to do any great speed, but it was an amazing run. I wasn't burnt out at all coming out at the finishing line. I was so fresh. 
and the whole run was just brilliant. Um, left me feeling really confident. The following week then was the Tour de Foil, which was a 80k cycle around the foil. Again, it was no bar at all. The, the weather wasn't great, but it, it was a really easy cycle. Then the following week was the Wolds... It's not even called the Wolds City it's Half Marathon. It's just the Dairy Half Marathon. Um, Waterside Half Marathon. Waterside Half Marathon. Yeah. Going off the back of... The Donegal half marathon coming on 149, I was thinking I'm keeping 145 in this. And I made a couple of mistakes. The first one was I went out on the lash like two nights before. <laughs> one, of, one of our friends is, is moving to Canada. Well, he's moved to Canada now, but he was moving to Canada the, the, the couple of nights before. So we all went out and got absolutely full. And then that just ruined me for the, the, the I was still feeling nearly a wee bit hungover the day of the half marathon. You had no food the day before, too. No food the day before, and it, it ruined me. So the the heat on the day, not making excuses, but it was conditions that I wasn't used to. The The route was a lot higher than the Donegal half marathon. I was overconfident at the start and set off really fast, thinking I'm going to smash this. And I just, just ended up having a... Sh- shit run I still come in the, the same time as I come in the Donegal half marathon I come in at 1.49 but I was bit on the finish line Um, Aiden you were there Um, you, you see me coming over the line I, I wasn't in any any great shape so that was a learning curve uh, don't go on the pints a couple of nights before any event uh, but more so a lesson on pacing just pace yourself so that that was the events Agle oh Agle then sorry so the week after that was the Agle Island Adventure Race. By far the best event I've ever done in my life. And honestly, it's it's a day that I'll never forget in my life. First Adventure Race and it was just amazing. Beginning to end, it was, it was just a class event. Really well managed. And it's something completely different. I would I would say if you're on the marathons or triathlons or whatever it is you're on the try an adventure race once in your life because it's amazing. The the views coming up a mountain, getting out in the kayak, it was just class. It was and I want to say thanks to the Ollie especially. He's the, the organizer of Quest. They invited us down just to get some um adventure race experience. Which is amazing. So thanks, thanks very much for that. And Ollie's actually a really nice guy. Um, and really interesting too. I'm, I'm gonna see if we can actually get him onto the podcast just to chat about the Quest Adventurous series because they they have they have run or Adventurous is going on every every month or every couple of months. There's loads of them going on across the country. And that this is something really stupid, but the coolest thing I've ever seen is if you complete all their events, uh all the medals actually join together to make like a wee pyramid ornament thing, which is class. Um we but raised them missed the first event because I'll never get that a <laughs> pyramid. But it's it's on my list of things to do next year is is complete the Quest Adventure series. So definitely um Go go and check out the Quest Adventure Series website because it's amazing. Also, we read out our speed test. Ah, so seen, ba- seen big improvements in our speed. We did a two mile um, speed test of our zone two, uh, heart rate zone. So it's kind of a very low intensity zone at the beginning of our training. We come on at a very average twenty one minutes and forty four seconds to complete two miles when we started training. Redid it tonight, shaved off 
massive amounts of time. Finished the two-mile test in 1625 in the same zone. So expending the same amount of energy and you've shaved five minutes off it, which is massive improvements. Almost 25% improvement. And we're... We're really still at the inception of a training. Like, no, it's not like we're we're that far on it. I mean, yeah. what are we about three months in? Three out of ten months. Uh, you would uh, expect to see massive improvement at, at the, the beginning anyway. anyway. Yeah, but as long as we keep going, how we're going? I mean, we're that amount of progress, and there's still a lot of stuff we can improve in our training. Yeah, you know, there's things you're missing, and that's good sometimes and bad the other times. You know. So we'll sharpen all that stuff up and we'll, we'll keep going from strength to strength, hopefully. What else have we been up to? Is that hot? That's that's about it, doesn't it? Um, as always, I just want to say a quick word of thanks to anyone that's put a donation onto our Ultraism page. Um, since the last time we were on, we had... Uh, I can't remember where we got up to on the last one. Uh Thank Esther was the last person that had donated before our last uh, podcast. Since then, Paul uh, Paul Campbell has made a, a very generous donation. And Kevin from Dairy Bike Tours has also put a donation on their page. So thanks very much for that. Um, as you know, the whole event is organised by Self Help Africa. They, they try and raise money for them. So we really appreciate any donations that we've had onto the page. And it, it really helps motivate me every day when I'm out training yeah, and it helps oh, if you're not donating but you are enjoying the podcast and the posts on social media and stuff giving the posts a share is also a big help just spreading a bit of yeah, aw- getting, awareness getting the word out there getting yeah. awareness out there so that is a way of supporting too if you're if you're not fond of dropping a few pounds onto the altruism page alternatively you can just fire money directly to me via paypal and that won't be going towards the podcast. That's just pint tokens. Uh, that'll, that'll just go to the bar. <laughs> Support your local bar. We're all going on a stag shortly, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? That's everything, isn't it? I think that's all the housekeeping. Hmm. So, should we just get straight on that then? Yeah. Here it is. Um, episode 5 with Audrey McCain. Enjoy. You're listening to the Coast to 250k podcast with me, Blaine O'Donnell. And me, Aidan Doherty. And we're going to be taking on the mammoth challenge that is the race. This will be a 10-month documentation covering all the highs and lows that come with preparing for an ultra-endurance event. Right, so episode 5. Yep. We are here with Odra McCain, a local dairyman. He is a triathlete to quite a good standard, would you believe? Um, he's been involved in triathlons now for about three years. And you are racing at a category one. We're not 100% sure what that is. But <laughs> I but just read sure that. We'll I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll find out shortly. But aye, um, let's get it rocking. So I suppose, first of all, uh, do you want to tell us a wee bit about yourself, Aldrin? How you got onto? I well, I just I went down. I went down there. Uh, I used to play football in Gaelic, so I went down. My daddy's been checking part in a few triathlons. He's always saying he's up to do a triathlon before he's forty. So uh, we all came down to support him down the Liam Ball triathlon. Uh, so I, that's pretty much that's how it started for me. I was went down to watch a triathlon, and just said like I like this sort of stuff, so I would get myself on it. So uh, and my daddy and I said to my dad, listen, I like it. I love to do one of them. 
So we got on the junior sort of ranks with Northwest. Um, started doing a few wee aquathons, duathlons, stuff like that. And then pretty much it just kicked off from there. So, What age would you have been then, 17? I would say no, I'd probably have been younger. I'd had some of the junior Firmus Energy events, I'd say about 15. It was my youngest age, probably just starting out and then right up to now. And how were you getting on in the, the earlier events when, when you just started out? Were you Swimming was uh, quite a weak link for me. Right. I used to swim as younger and then I jacked it on for a while. They played a Gaelic and they focused more on the football. So uh, throughout like the two years that I did stop swimming, I've just lo- I just lost everything. And when I went back to start my swimming, I thought I could just be normal going back yeah. in. But it wasn't the case. So I had to work a lot of a, a hard, hard sort of year training. They uh, get me swimming back up to sort of standard, but it's to this day now I'm still trying to get me swimming up to the. I'm there, thereabouts at the top level now, but I'm still a few seconds shy of the the, the elite standard, like the yeah. pro- professional standard, as we call it. Very good. So you were swimming competitively when you were younger? Or, or I d- just, just that city area when I was younger? Like right, okay. My mum and daddy got me in the city area and then I stopped it. And then like I remember my first race triathlon I was it was uh in the complex it was just a junior triathlon mm. i remember coming out of the pool and looking around me and there was not a vein in the water <laughs> i was last out of the water so i had to do all my damage in on the bike and run yeah but um thankfully now i've worked on my training the likes of jared kern and stuff and then i've got a new manager under me now arno Bryan from Limerick. so um i've been working pretty hard on the swimming throughout the past few years like it means early morning training and stuff like so so I'm happy enough where I'm at at the stage, like, but I know I've still a lot more they, they give. Mm. What kind of hours are you putting on the training a week? The schedule now, I'm on my harness. Um, I think it's around 14 to 15 hours a week, which I'm trying to balance work to you on that side. Um, I work lifeguard and complex too, like, so it's a good, really good job for me so I can do my training and stuff. I'm not, my back's not broke. It could be worse. It could be out in a, uh. out in a site living or something. <laughs> something mad to get. But um, I have about fifteen, about fifteen hours a week like training. Some going still, all the same. Um, there's no swimming on what Blaine's doing. That's the only thing. Yeah. Uh, but have you seen exactly what he's doing? I have a rough idea. Aye. I have a rough idea. I have a good mate who does sort of adventure racing. Aye. And uh, I've watched a few of his races like so. Yeah. It won't be easy like, but Aye. doable. So it's thirteen. It's a ha- half marathon, and Aye. then. A 15k kayak, then a 90k cycle, and then they climb up Muggish, 5k up and down, back on the bike 70k, and then a marathon. He buns in, eh? Hey. <laughs> uh, so you can come down and piss me, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's it's a bit different from triathlons, like, but same kind of training. What's um, your furthest distance triathlon? Uh, do you, I there's look there's obviously sprint Olympic then. You go middle distance and then you can go a half Ironman, Ironman. Yeah. But at this stage, I've just been focusing more on sprints. Right. I haven't been doing any sort of, uh, even Olympic distance racing. But I've been, like on the bike, I've been clocking up long enough miles. And as for the run, I've just had the half marathon about two weeks ago now. and uh, so, so I'm hitting longer distances, but I'm just not racing at that sort of level. I'm just I'm trying to like master the sprint level first uh-huh. and then make my way up. How did you find the half marathon? Ah, it was warm. It's just that new bridge is just a killer, eh? Hey? Ah, uh, I was what I was saying. It's a killer, eh? So ruined me, you saw that. Ah, uh, what kind of time did you do on the? On Eighty-four the minutes. 
uh, half marathon I so it's happy enough as it was meant to be a trainer running uh, Aaron listening now if he's listening now if he go mad because I was meant to do just a training run go yes. out uh, easy and just enjoy it mm. it was meant to be a long run anyway so I just said I'll do the half marathon as a training a training run but I paid for it then in Dublin there on Saturday <laughs> my legs were dead so I'll learn from my mistakes uh, hey it's hard we signed up for four events four weeks in a row and it was purely just to get a v- event experience under my belt uh, but see once you're there on the day and the crowd's here and all you, you get competitive uh, like, it's, I don't think I've ever went on the race and said I'll just jog around it it's, <laughs> it's like if I'm on a race I'm on to try and win it or I'm on to try and do my best it's just, that's just the mentality I have uh, see I'm I'm the same and I don't think you can do that with this race like the the half marathon you, you can just start wailing away and go right it's you know two hours I'll be burnt out or whatever but when you're looking at a 24 hour race you, you need to keep your head disciplined and say uh, right I'm I'm going to stay in zone two or whatever but uh, I, I, I haven't done it yet not in an event anyway as any event I've done I've just I've went all out uh, <laughs> what about um like we we've been focusing from the start as much as we can on training smart, um you know tracking my heart rate, getting like the gas test on yeah. all that kind of stuff. Do you do much of that or do you do any of that? Uh, I most all of my trainings on sort of zone work, um it's structured. Arn structured it. Arn was he was racing at high standard, so that's why I went there. Arn he structured my training, so like I'm not fatiguing or I'm not overdoing it. Whereas like for two years of my triathlon, I was training. Off how I felt, I was getting up that morning, checking my heart rate, saying, "Ah, my heart rate's at fifty. I should be all right. I'll go do a heart yeah. session today." But it is good they train off heart rate and train off zones and get all them sort of testing done because it's basically you have to listen to your body. Like if, yeah. if you don't listen to your body, you're you're breakdown at some stage. Yeah, I've I've seen massive benefits since because I trained for the marathon before I even signed up for this race and. As you say, just training off my body, no, no professional help at all, and just, uh, just going off. Of heart rate's one of the best indicators. Like if you wake up in the morning, and your heart rate's not your average normal resting heart rate. Like we check our heart rate every morning, see what resting heart rate. And if I wake up some mornings, my heart rate's thirty beats over my resting heart rate. I'll know like rest your, your body's sore, your body's recovering. You need to rest, or you need to take it easy today, or you might not even need to train today. Just, uh. just take a rest. See, I haven't even been doing that. Like I've I've been training within my zones, but I haven't been looking and saying, right, my heart's about over the day. It's or. really good indicator. Like in the mornings, they just just have your phone beside you, or have your watch, or your heart rate strap huh. on there beside you, and just whack it on in the morning before you even get out of your bed. Just check your heart rate, huh. see what it is. If your resting heart rate's fifty two, and you you wake up and it's seventy five that morning, you know, like I need to take it easy today. Yeah. Huh. So it's always a good indicator. Like. That's good. That's some good advice. Like mm. we hadn't even done that yet, or yeah. thought about that yet. Um, what do you think about Blaine coming from the couch and trying to do an event like this? Absolute madness. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but it'll be an absolute unbelievable achievement. Like it, when he completes it, like it'll be. Aye. Not many people will go do that. Like yes. Do you, how do you think he's on the actual day? Do you think he's going to find it really, really difficult? I will see a new side of, side of himself. Mm. But um, I if he does a train, if you do the training like and you put the work on, you just go to the event and enjoy it and yeah. make sure not they get carried away in the first half marathon. Would be my advice is, is any any recycle one day like I'm looking to just go mad. But yeah. in your aspects, you can't. You have to sort of hold yourself back and say, listen, I've an hour ninety k bike to go and an hour yeah. marathon to go and <laughs> up mucky. So you have to sort of be smart and risk smart sort of. 
Yeah, and uh, well, we're not going under any hopes of one on a thing. Like we're we, no. we primary no. goal is to finish this time. Finish. Uh, uh, so hopefully we'll make enough mistakes in the events coming up. So hopefully we'll not go on try to <laughs> try to risk boys in it. <laughs> I was just saying this day in the day as as the training goes on and and get more confident <laughs> and and starting to think. Uh, okay, I could could be in for a top ten finish. Here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll end up burnt out after the, the second leg kayak or something. Uh, but we went, we did go and get, we got our lactic threshold and that done. We've been doing our zones and we just had a speed test tonight. Um, we did a we did a zone two, two miles when we started. And they see uh, how quick we did it. No one's zone two. And we shaved like five minutes off tonight. Uh, what was that done? <laughs> like 10 if, weeks? Mm, we was running zone two, did two miles, 21, 21 minutes, 44 seconds. That was before we started training, just... Or was it we were about a week on maybe were we? A week on now. Um and then he's been flat out now, getting on really well. Redid the speed test and came on at sixteen sixteen on tonight. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So shaved off. Here anyways. Shaved off loaf. But he has I mean, starting from the couch he's gonna make big improvements at the start, Aye, do you know yeah. what I mean? But as he said himself, you you're coming on events and you're like feeling great, like Aye. he's doing big long sessions. He did um cycle down the air eagle. Cycle down the air eagle. Now me and him climbed it. That was his first long session. Mm. Felt great after that. And then he cycled down to Muckish, which is more or less the same distance, about 43 miles. Mm. Climbed Muckish, back down, and then cycled home again on 43 miles. And felt fresh felt, felt grand after that. Like, had to come on, get a wee bath for his legs now, but you got a wee feeling uh-huh. full of no energy. None. I'd say the, the worst session or worst run I've had yet was that half marathon, the half uh, marathon there. The heat. That, the heat just killed me. Mm. Running through Grantia, the the heat was bad, and then you come straight out of there under the the new bridge, and I pissed myself all wrong. In my head, I was thinking, right, I'm going for a PB here, and uh, I just burnt out. So me too, early. me too. Yeah, I went off like a like uh, a maniac. I'm in sprint triathlons, I'm used to. It's just in sprint, it's just really all out uh, as all far as hard as you can go. All out swim, all out bike, all out run. It's just simple. It's that's the way I go on day with my races. So I just got carried away straight away and. I looked after three mile and I went through the first five k and sixteen twenty, and I looked and I said, "Whoa!" And he slowed down here, and he have I have a few more miles to go, so uh, I definitely paid for it then. That coming over the bridge and stuff like, but uh, but you learn from your mistakes, I suppose. As I say, I was coming on that bridge. I was like one eighty hurt rate, and that was mm. me the full risk and just sitting at one eighty. Just I uh, hurt rate through the roof. Uh, it's actually unlocking there trying to get the waterside half marathon. Finished on the rankings. Oh, yeah. So we've seen the guy who won it over there, haven't we? Ah. Uh, wonder what I came on. Do you know? Freddy. Uh, black I guy. I can't mind where he. Uh, uh, can't mind where he. Where he came. What time he came on at? But I know he just, he just won. He just dipped it by about three seconds. I think. Uh, so I've seen there, the video so. of him coming on. Uh, an boy right behind him. Now. How do you see if you're you're training? Like I say, we were right touched on a bit, but how do you structure it? I know. Uh, Arn, did you say he's yeah. he's managing it for you? Like, but. Yeah. Give us like if say you're 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 going for a risk shortly a bike triathlon how would you how far would you start and what would you do during? I've uh, I'm the very familiar with training peaks, no no. So training peaks is like say like that's how I get coached. Aren't coaches me through training peaks, so I have a Garmin watch and I have a five twenty for my bike Garmin and uh-huh. uh, you always use my watch for the swim too. So every session I do is recorded on my Garmin. Monday I connect the Bluetooth and get Wi-Fi. It just goes straight to him on training peaks. So he can be sitting in Limerick on a computer and mm-hmm. it comes up exactly what I've done that session. 
Right. So he monitors me through seven days a week through all of that. So the minute I take a step outside my front door, he'll know yeah. everything on my whatever happens on my watch goes straight to him. Like yes. So um, coming up there, Riz, um, it wouldn't be too intense, obviously, but it'd be more. Uh, I have a race now. My next race is in uh, next Saturday in Paulsports Beach. Last race of the season. Uh, I've just went and done a break the night, so it was a uh, twenty minutes bike. I had a good solid effort, zone four, um, and then coming off transition straight on the eight minutes wrist pace run. Uh, coming back back on the on the bike on an hour twenty minutes, um, zone three, um, coming back and then doing three two minutes a threshold, running. Right. So that was my session the night. I've say now in a week's time, for the week leading up, I'll just be car bloating like mad and. Sort of chilling out, getting a few rubs, ice baths, um, st- just stuff like that. So just, mm. just like ticking over, if you know what I mean, like doing sessions, but not going hundred percent. Just keep myself in good sort of form and and good shape and confidence leading under the race. This is the week b- prior to the event. Yeah, you just kind of the. Ah, uh, so I'd probably go get a rub. JT Fazio's, I'm one of their ambassadors, so I'd probably call down to them to get a rub and have a few hour, few hour local people who. Sort of physiotherapy, so I would go to two, like so Julian or uh, Nicola Mullen or Bruno Riley. I have loads of people physiotherapy wise that sort of helps me out if I'm in need. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would go get a rub, maybe an ice bath, um, just do sort of nice and easy training, just take over basically until the Sunday the, of the rest day. Do you do is all your training triathlon based or you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you'll have all our different training disciplines that'll have some carryover on the you know different sports and stuff. Yeah. Do you do anything other than bike, run, swim? Uh well I'll do some yoga for like stretching and stuff like that. Mm. Um no, just basically it's it's so simple, like it's just swimming, biking, running. Um, some yoga for extra strength work and I'll be starting Pilates now down in JT Fazio for more sort of core work and strength conditioning. Yeah. But just I mainly just uh, swim, bike, run, strength and distance, plat- a few Pilates now this year, um, some yoga to keep on top of everything. We always do, We well, we, we don't always do, we started doing an AMA, we put out the questions, um, and we'll announce a guest coming on the show, ask people if they want to send in any questions, they ask them. Yeah. Um, we did it a bit late today, we only put it out today, but uh, we got one question on from... Hi, hi, Arne McLennan, you know Arne? Arne, I, I know Arne well, I. Uh, I I know Arn too. Me and Arn are cycling. He's going to help me with a big awkward question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just pulled up here. Do you want me to read it out? Uh, no, I have Go it ahead. here. How do you get through the pain barrier when you're on a race? Um, or do you do you ever have to get through a pain barrier? What what do you use to to get through it? I suppose that that, that counts maybe psychologically. Uh, and, um, uh, I, he did help me with an awkward question. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing triathlons all my all like three four years now, and I've been I made a lot of commitments like missing people's birthdays and like f- like missing me sister's confirmation and stuff. So like, for me training while all them things are happening, like when I'm fight getting it tight, I be I always ask myself why do I do it or why am I doing it, and sort of where do I want to be, where do I want to go with it, like I want to try and get as much out of triathlon as I can. Like I want to try and make it sort of big time with triathlon. So like. When I am do I am getting it tight in some races, I just think like why I started it and who's all behind me and the, the amount of support I have behind me and uh, I just wanna sorta of do everybody proud really and 
that's how you sort of really just get through yeah, get through yeah. the pain pain barrier like doing it for the people uh, <laughs> the psychological one is a it's a tough one to answer like isn't it because uh, it's really subjective like it's it's different for everybody and what works for one person isn't going to work for the other person uh, um, yeah. and you just have to kind of find your own thing I suppose the more events you do the better the more mentally durable you become I will I that's true yeah like but if you'll you'll know when I'm getting the tight anyways because I'll be shouting out of me and stuff on the mic like but <laughs> <laughs> or, I'll, or I'll just be looking at you with a look of death like yeah. you can definitely tell looking at me like in a few pictures or or if i'm driving uh, past on the bike you can tell or if i'm on the pain barrier or not like so uh, mm-hmm. it's funny when i was doing the half marathon danny brought brought my wee boy up and you were there and fudge was there and a couple of my mates they'd all, all come up for to see me in this half marathon and they were all waiting at like say the nine mile mark or whatever and I passed it. <laughs> I didn't even acknowledge half of it. I, I took off my belt and threw it to one of you. My wee boy, Jake, he was standing there waiting to high five me. I didn't even see how I just uh, ran past. I was just in this zone of, oh, uh, it was the worst hell, feeling uh, ever. Pure hell. Hey? Right. And it, like Danny made a video. Danny was out waiting for wear phone to record me passing by. And I was like, just don't eat that video. <laughs> I, just, I just look sick and tight. When I go to races and like if I go to any sort of triathlon or any sort of big events that I'm getting prepared for, I I listen to like a lot of music, so I'm just earphones on, and like my mom and daddy they've been at every they have master race since the day I started from, from any Mickey Mouse race to up right up until a super series sprint, and at the start they were all over like helping me and oh do you need this and do you need that and it soon stopped like you now <laughs> and if I go to a race. My mom and daddy, I see them at the start. They come on and register with me, and then that's them. They they go a walk or go find a cafe or go somewhere else, and I just I have everything packed. And if my mom is asking me, "Do you have your cleats on?" <laughs> my daddy going, "Do you have your glasses? Do you need this? Do you need that?" I just like don't talk to me. I'm just going to, yeah, on my own words. I'm gonna get everything done myself. But every race now, they just sort of just sort of let me go on myself, and I get everything done myself and. It means then if I forget anything, I can't blame anybody else. I suppose. <laughs> That's one of the big things too for Hamsey because he's got so many transitions. We've been advised to get a checklist rocking so that I, because you just you forget. Aye. So much. Aye, know. that'd be really good if they get a checklist. Like I know Sean McFadden. I don't know if he's no Sean McFadden, and like Jason Black. Right. They're from Letterkenny, but they do sort of like adventurous. And Jason Black's only after climbing Mount Everest. Like Jesus. He's, It'd be good to probably get him on uh, a uh, on a podcast, yes. definitely. Does he own a nightclub or something? Used to, I think he used to own it. Uh, Voodoo, I think it is, uh, it's called. But I, I, I'm not sure now. Um, I think I think he used to own it. I don't know if he does uh, now. But I know Jason Black be a really good, really good person to get on an interview. Uh, I think Arm was saying to me about getting him. Uh, on Jason Black or Sean McFadden. Well, Sean McFadden's in Dubai now, like, but. Did Sean McFadden do the wrist before, you know? He won the that, wrist. That name came up. Uh, uh, Sean McFadden won the wrist, uh, but Jason Black's like, if there's anything impossible that no one <laughs> man can do, Jason Black's always <laughs> on it, and he's always the man to try it. They'll go and give it a go. Yeah. And talking to him and stuff is an inspiration. Like it just follows you with motivation and stuff after eight five minute conversation with you. You think you go out and box rocky. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely be a man to get in and get and get had him with a few questions there's a lot of experience in that sort of game good stuff yeah, well we definitely need to do some episodes on motivation i think because the whole psychological thing is it's really tough to get under like uh, you need to, you need to have people who are who are really good at it 
Uh, I, we... find, I, I just think Jason Black would be perfect for that. Like, even though like I don't meet him that much in person, but the, the wee messages he sends, we, it's just motivational. Like, it's some uh, of the wee messages, even wee one-liners and stuff. It's just, he uh, is motivational. And the stuff <laughs> he does is just inspiring too. Like, he, he, I think he was second time climbing, climbing Mount Everest. Like, he'd been away from his family for like six, seven months at a time and stuff. Dedication to you and serious yeah. dedication. Aye, uh, big time. Everest is the pinnacle, like, isn't it? There's like that's a big one. There's nothing there's better. There's than nothing. Like, and he's went and done it twice. Is so making it think it's easy? Like that is insane. How long does it take? Do you know? No, no I think it takes weeks. He was at base camp for a, a good while. Anyways, like Aye. a lot of people just go to base camp or something. Aye. Like that. and then but he went the whole way twice. <laughs> Once wasn't enough for that man. <laughs> twice. <laughs> I wonder if he lost any toes. <laughs> <laughs> just walk around with knobs. Just <laughs> um, aye, so we plan to get on a sports psychologist at some point. Uh, um, they talk about that stuff too, but we'll definitely check him out. Um, we could possibly get your coach too. What do you call him, uh, Aaron? Aaron O'Brien. O'Brien. Did you say, is he based down south? He's based in, in Limerick. Limerick? Like, so. ah, that's a bit of a trick. He's based in Limerick? Limerick, yeah. Uh, Possibly uh, Skype, I don't know. Uh, we could do Skype. We done our first Skype podcast the other day. We were on there's a show in America called the Adventure Sports Podcast. Yeah. And we done we Skype with Emmons the other day. So when I think next week or something they'll they'll probably upload that like so Yes. Hopefully. Uh, we, we don't actually know that they're, they're gonna put it out, but he said a few weeks. So hopefully uh-huh. it'll be uh-huh. too much longer. But that uh, was good too. Can you take us through your diet and Come. training and then and yeah. then talk about how you do it? on your wrists and yeah. you know what way you work your gels and what you have we and stuff um well shockingly <laughs> throughout like a race i don't take any gels like no, no gels or no no i just take a electrolyte and that my water bottle half full and i would sip on that throughout the cycle maybe take on some fluid in the run but I don't, in terms of gels like I've, i don't really i don't really take any gels um i've never really had to take any gels but i just don't think Gels would benefit me for a sprint sort of distance. That's mm. what I was thinking. They're more suited for more endurance sort of mm. distance. But in terms of diet, leading up to race and stuff, it'd be sort of like loads of steak, turkey, chicken, big sort of dinners. Like more or less a Sunday dinner. And in, mm. in our terms, like dairy yeah. terms, is a Sunday dinner Monday to Saturday for right up until my race, eating eating goods, eating breakfast. Um, basically cutting out all the shit. Mm. Really, uh, trying to stay away from chocolate and stuff and all them sort of temptations but diets uh it's hard obviously with so many takeaways and stuff in dairy and stuff like that like uh, but uh what about drink too like you, you're young lad as well uh, i say all your friends uh, are probably hitting the bar socializing, again, uh, so. well, my friends are always well they're not always out like but a few of them i could name a few like he's coming the age of alcoholics <laughs> but uh i it's hard it's hard uh, staying in sitting in at times and getting a grief from your mate saying ah you're a pansy you're not uh, coming out tonight but like they don't re- they do realise but they're just having a banter like but uh, I have to get up at next morning maybe cycle 60-70 miles and I don't fancy doing that hungover no. I haven't really tried it well I tried it once and I lasted about 10 minutes I'm at the house but. and so you don't do anything you just clean up your diet just make sure you're cut, I don't, I don't have Maybe this, well, obviously this year I will be sort of clamping down really, really on my diet. I could be cutting out a lot of things and putting a lot of things in, but Aaron's going to sort me out with that sort of stuff, hopefully. So, yeah, 
um, I'll probably see big differences this year in terms of diet. Mm. And do you always do a car um, building before? Yeah. yeah. And always then are. on the day then it's just your electrolytes. Yeah. How many days out do you start car building? Uh, probably about, see 90% of the time, I eat sort of steak and turkey and, and uh, chicken anyways. Like, so it's, mm. that's mostly my diet anyways. But uh, I would say if the race is on a Saturday, I would start Monday. Monday? Aye. It's good going there. Good stuff, man. <laughs> Just got another question on there now. Yeah. Happy days. Shame again. Aye, <laughs> uh, since you're obviously a great prospect, but can you handle 12 pints of stout? <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I'm useless at. And every last one of my friends, will, my girlfriend, will tell you that. Aye. I'm not a... I can't drink for shite. <laughs> Wrist endurance is great. Pint endurance, not so much. No. Nah. Useless. <laughs> you see, one of the big we're we're always trying to think of because a big part of this podcast is for you know a lot of people who are doing endurance of it events. Yeah. We're always trying to think of questions that people who are just starting out would want to know, and what people who have been doing it a long time yeah. would want to know. So see, when we're getting the the experts and that on, you know, we've got uh, well, hoping they get cardiologist and sports psychologist and dietitians and um physios and that is there any questions you can think of that we could we could ask maybe a physio or like any injuries or anything that you might have had want to deal with or any diet dietary questions or off, uh, the, off the top of your head for sort of endurance sort of risks that he's doing um i would say about asking them questions like maybe coming on the transition I don't know how long your transitions are planning to be I know when a, like a half Ironman he can go into a big tent and sort of sit down mm. put socks on put fresh mm. runners on or whatever I know you can take sort of take your time and I know you probably will be taking your time probably what you question they ask him was like could he come could he could someone be there on the day to maybe fire a wee 10 minute rub or a wee stretch or someone mm. just there to give him a wee stretch would it benefit him because he's doing like you can think of what he's doing like it's gonna he's gonna be on his feet for quite a long time but it'd be just a question they asked would it be beneficial for like they say listen we're gonna do a wee 10 minute stretch here uh-huh. instead of rushing out of transition and going mad and then cramping up 10 mile under the run or something would it be beneficial they go say i'll take 10 minutes and it'll take 10 months off my time but uh-huh. it'll, it could be more beneficial in the long run uh-huh. well that's good and the there's a wee kind of fifteen minute documentary on the the race itself, and and in that documentary, there's there's a bit where it's it's obviously the boys are in between transitions, and you can see a fellow lying on the ground, you know, doing a stretch or whatever. Doing a few stretches, aye. So I suppose I it would be worth saying, you know, finding out is taking them ten minutes and doing a bit of stretching aye. will that benefit long run? I don't mean see? like jumping up in a bed and taking the shoes <laughs> off and taking the socks off and say work away. Just like a few lie down there now and we'll get we'll loose out the hamstrings or yeah. just the quads or some, some just some basic stretching they, that maybe they'll help you in the long run yeah. definitely mm. that's, that's good advice there we'll definitely put that in the fuzzle next week yeah. see the correct I know there's two there's two kinds of rub there's an invigorating one and then there's a relaxing one you yeah. don't want to be doing the relaxing one right in between your events because <laughs> no. you will literally get injured like, yeah. but uh, possibly could be something to ask them anyway we well, see because the event is fully unsupported as well, I don't think oh, you aye. could get yes. someone on to, uh, to to give you a rub mad mm. race. But the, there is probably stretches and stuff you could do yourself yes. to, to benefit you, to get you through the race. So 
be worth finding that out anyway. Mm, definitely, it's not allowed any help at all. It's not even allowed earphones or anything. We were saying about music. Uh, on the event, like that's gone. Like, uh, even so they sing you. Are you a good singer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even. That's the best about it. I plan on driving beside them. Just belt my chest. they didn't say anything about car music <laughs> beside you or anything. So. Um, you're asking category one yeah uh, so just literally just read that there right um category one's like there's age national age groups and then there's like just the normal risk but category one's like uh say the top i think there's 25 to 30 athletes so it's the top 30 20 25 to 30 athletes in ireland and this is triathlons yeah yeah all bunched down in the one race so like you could get guys from like just recently there a few British guys have came over in British gears has came over and wrist on the on the wrist too. So you can get you can get anybody pretty much anybody who's at the elite level and the field. So you pretty much don't know who you're gonna be wrestling against until the start line comes out. But category one's like not every Tom Dick and Harry can get under category one. Like you have yeah. to be sorta of accepted and at a standard to get under category one. As a rankings you have to claim or so it's like, I think it's like uh, for a sprint race, I'm not too sure on this, but I think it's like uh one one or three, on you have to do a one or three or under right. to get in the category one, but like it's category ones basically you have to be a good swimmer is in my view like it's it, it's in my opinion that don't care what how good a biker or runner you are if you you're not a good swimmer your race is done like right so you need to be up there with the top guys maybe swimming seven fifty meters in ten minutes or less. If you're out of that, t- if you're out to ten thirty or eleven minutes, you're sort of not really getting the the whole aspect of cat one draft legal. How how many days a week would you be spending the pool? You on most days? Um, I five five days a week, six days a week. I suppose you work in the. Uh, I I've fed up seeing the pool these days. I but I Arn has me on about five to six days a week, averaging about um ten to fifteen k swimming. Right. Some day, some weeks, I'm hitting a good uh, kilometer swimming, like, but I uh, around ten to fifteen k and my normal average week swimming, like. That must be a massive benefit to working as a lifeguard, being a, you know cutting down the time between getting I from get work there. to the pool and all that. Uh, working there it means if I'm doing a morning shift six fifteen to half two, I can just go on, grab a gr- uh, a munch, huh. get a few few minutes rest and put the feet up for a wee while and then just yeah, bounce on the pole and, and a... do my session for Meredith. So it's handy. It definitely is handy working through yeah. there. Like. Mm. The swimming's a good one too because it's very low impact. You know, you yeah. don't have to worry too much about injuries the way you would have to if you're right road running, you know, just knocking away at the joints yeah. so you can kind of put on as many hours as you want. Like, you do. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever picked up any injuries? or? I have, I've had a, an injury last year. I, well, I broke my hand. I fell I fell out running, I broke my hand, so I had, obviously that was an injury this year, which set me back quite a bit for winter training, so my base, my winter base and all was hammered through then, because I, obviously I was out for a long period of time, but um, I had an injury on my knee, which uh, it's sort of, it's there's no sort of diagnosis of it, there's no name of it, it's just been like a, it feels like bone on bone on your knee, and it just, it just happened as the workload of my training started to up, so like I was running, I was running three days a week, four days a week. I was swimming fifteen k a week, and I was putting on three hard bike sessions or three good solid bike se- sessions a week. Saturday mornings long miles, Sunday mornings long miles. Maybe a Wednesday night it would have been a sort of speed endurance set or speed session. 
so I was really up in everything at that mm. sort of stage when my knee started to sort of give on as I say but um, I went to did a lot of work with JT Fazio uh, Packy sorted me out Packy down in JT Fazio he got me in um, with Christian uh, Christian worked wonders in my leg and thankfully I had to take out just a short break out like, but um, he got me back up and running again pain free so touch wood it, has, it won't happen again but um, I, it's pretty much all injuries I've had you didn't get a diagnosis for what it was on your name? No, no, no diagnosis. Like, it was just like, it, it was hard to describe, just like bone on bone. And we couldn't find out what it was or like I couldn't describe the exact way it was because it was happening sometimes and then sometimes I was going running and it was grand and mm. coming back days and going away. and So it was sort of, it was annoying more than anything because I could, could swim all I want and I just couldn't run but I could cycle. And then some days I could cycle, but I couldn't run. So it was weird. But we got to the end of it, thank God. And now I'm back running pain-free. Did you get a scan? No. No, you were just trying to figure it out through Fuzzy or whatever? Uh, Christian down in JT Fuzzy, he sort of did... He sort of... He knew what it was, but he sort of just didn't know like where it was coming from. But Christian's knowledge on on uh, on the Fuzzy, like, it was second to none. So he got me on my feet in no time, like... It, he told me stretches and I uh, did a lot, a lot of treatment on it and stuff. Uh, I don't know exact stuff that he done, but I know he used sort of like a, a gun. But it was like we jabbing and round, and then he did like dry needling and stuff too. But uh, he did a lot of work, like they get me back on my feet. Yeah. I think, see, we knee injuries, a lot of times they don't know what, you know, what exactly is going on there. And he used kind of a catch all term, mm. just called. Um, anterior pat- patella pain. Oh, that's the word. It was patella. It was all my patella. Yeah. So and he he could have probably just worked it out through process elimination. Just yeah. trying one thing right. That doesn't work. Next. He next, did next, sort next of like a examination on me every time I came in, and that got me to do like squats and stuff, and mm. just sort of he could see um, where it was coming from. So he obviously cut it cut it out and got me to do strength work and stuff. And uh, thankfully, it was grand after like about a month. Maybe a month and a half. And do you think for anybody doing like a big extreme endurance event, um, it's essential they have, you know, kind of experts like your physio or uh, your coach or, you know. 100%. You behind. need to have people good in your corner who's been there. Not so much been there and done that, like, but it's also good to have people who's been there and done that to give you sort of advice and tips. But um, you just have to have confidence in your coach and, and just take on everything he's saying and try and do as much as you can and give your all really and I think if you put on the work for your training and your what your coach tells you come race day you just go and enjoy it and you know the training's yeah. done it's, it's, I would say like me and I have a training partner Danny Quigley we always say like when you're training for you want there it's like putting money in the bank right. and then when you come to race you're just wiping that out yeah. so like you've already the training done in, in terms of you've all done the hard work you've blood sweat and tears and you've done the long cycles on Sunday mornings where you can't feel your feet for about six hours and you've done all that already so we just go to risk and sort of enjoy it and you know you've done the hard work so just go risk hard risk fast and pretty much enjoy it yeah well Danny was one of the first people we spoke to <clears throat> I would have took classes with Danny down in Leafair um, so we, we were chatting to him to see what our chances were and you know what way to structure this training and all we were actually thinking about getting them on at some stage on the podcast yeah. too Danny does mm-hmm. adventurous too so yeah. he would have Danny would have good knowledge 
He's a good athlete too, so he'd have good knowledge on sort of adventures and kayaking. And uh, he got a gold recently, didn't he? he taps. That's, I think was I've seen it. Ralph Mullen was it? Ralph Mullen. Ralph Mullen, I wasn't Ralph Mullen. I. He's a wild man for taking the wrong turns. <laughs> Getting lost. I've heard him say it a few times. Uh, we went there. Uh, he's taking a few spells too, hasn't he? Uh, a few bad ones. We went there res- recently. Uh, I can't mind what the exact name of the race was. We ended up coming second or third. Uh, we both took the wrong turn and then I decided to come out of transition and clean the barrier and uh, knock over a, a cop or a policewoman, <laughs> as you would say. I decided to do that and then as we were coming along, we are fired under the 20k bike and Danny was just right in front of me and I was right behind Danny, about maybe 20 metres and Danny was hammering it, I was hammering it and it was a left turn coming up and Danny went straight on but <laughs> I said nothing and just turned left and went on. But um, I guess it was his own fault for that, like, but funny laughing about it now but he was raging at the uh, time. He, he must have been sick. But I didn't shout, Danny, come here, sorry, I'm my man. I just went on anyways. And what did you get second me. then? And- he was sec- he was second. I was third. Right. We were uh joint. We were together in the run the whole way run, the whole run. And a car pulled out in front of me and Danny in the on the course, and Danny sort of just Superman jumped over the bonnet and I just stopped and went round it. So I lost a few seconds on him there, but yeah, he was a better man the day that can beat uh, me on the day. I think he only beat me by six seconds or something. Jeez. So there was nothing really in it. Yeah. Very good. I was hit by a car too recently, wasn't I? Yeah, he drove on the back of Anna. Yeah. <laughs> if I can know where he's going. Dangerous game. Aye. <laughs> um, have you, have you? What, one of the things just brought up to us was um, people taking painkillers during events. Have you seen much of that? No, or ever, ever been? Never, ever no. experienced or seen or even heard of people taking painkillers. I've obviously, obviously, I'm off. Sorry, I'm obviously, I'm not doing uh, endurance events like. Uh, but uh, no, I've never ever. See, I think it's more the the really long endurance events. Yes. People start start banging painkillers in. It's right, like right, yeah. on the marathon, I was offered painkillers at a couple of stops. Like, mm. no, come, come the seventeen eighteen mile mark, people people just stand there. Do, do you want a ibuprofen or something? <laughs> <laughs> You'll just take whatever they're having. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it doesn't matter what it is. Stand me a cigarette, just burn it. <laughs> here. I took a swig of Kjersberg at like the, 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 the 23rd mile. I'm not even joking. There was a guy just standing there giving people swigs of Kjersberg. I was like, ah, take a war. <laughs> I was at a race last year in, in Scaries and a girl in transition said, Do you want to drink his coffee, son? Just offer me coffee at coming out of transition. <laughs> it's mental what some gears offer you. Um, I thought you were going to say he took a drink. No, it was mixed with his gears. <laughs> Uh, he has 40 minute transitions too so it's plenty of time like they no well you, you can spend as much time as you want I think did they not say 40 minute cut off no no I think the the last transition I think he said a lot of people spend about 40 minutes or he once they had about 40 minutes he'll start trying to push them out the door then because right. they spend any longer then they'll, they'll not go yeah. what do you call your wrist sorry what it's called the wrist oh, is it the 24 hour uh, uh, the 24 uh, hour one I'll, I'll probably be down to watch that I know I know a lot of people in Nether Kenny, like, so we'll definitely probably come uh, down and watch. Give you uh, some support. Some grief roaring at you. You know people doing it? Not, I haven't been Not talking to, to any people recently about it, but I'm sure there's someone down in Nether Kenny around them that's doing it. Um, Sean McFadden, as I say, he, he won it one year. 
for he's obviously in Dubai now, but I probably I probably will know people doing it eventually mm. when I get to start chatting to a few people like but not now yet, this moment in time I don't uh, know anybody. A lot of people probably haven't even signed up for it yet too. You know, we'll leave it there. Uh, leave it until closer to the time before they sign up, so I'm sure you'll know some people. And when is it? March? March. 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 So we from when we started we had ten months to train me. So that's why Zayn was saying he was speaking to Danny before and we we spoke to a couple of different people just to say could you do it in 10 months and everybody he kind of says ah, as long as you put the effort on mm. you'll finish ah, it in 10 months like, it's as long as you do your training and put the hard work in like, ah. definitely doable we had the guy who won it the last two years on here as well a couple of ah, what's that fellow's name again Martin Lynch ah. Martin Lynch ah. mm. good and athlete very good uh, and he's he's just kind of old school like he just goes out and puts the work on and there's nothing too technical about what he does. Like it's uh, just very much put uh, hours on. That's hot, like exactly. Uh, Even when, when we were talking about zones and heart rates, he just kind of says, "I I don't go on the red." That's right. it. That was his whole. Uh, not going on the red, I. Uh, but hey, it it works for him. Like mm. he he murdered the race. Like uh, uh, he had the big advantage of being from there and constantly running them routes, mm. steady, getting uh, faster, knowing exactly when they pull it back and spear it open uh, be good too for you like you're from you're only down the streets from Letterkenny so you can uh, get down and, and do the routes and that's what we plan roads. on get, getting around them as many times as we can uh, and just knowing have you noticed that the races that you've done have you ever repeated the same race twice and noticed knowing the route you, uh, you yeah, perform far better difference. Like uh, if I'm going there race I would always drive I always stay up anyways overnight if I'm going there race longer than like two hours away so I always would drive the course that, that night or that, that morning to get the, my whereabouts. Obviously, it's going to be a sprint, so we're coming around pretty fast. So I want to know what kind of corners are, are coming up and if it's going to be a bad end or uh. if it's this kind of turn or what's the, f- the terrain like and what's the, the gravel like. Is there loose gravel everywhere? or It's just wee pointers like that'll help you. Never even thought in that, checking road surface area and stuff like that. Uh, like potholes and stuff like they're They're like a massive difference like if you know where they are and if you know the corner coming up it's quite quite uh, risky so mm. even though they take a wee bit of extra care come on there a wee bit slower mm. instead of going all out and coming around mm. and going down I suppose mm. it's, it's a bit different for us with uh, because it's long endurance we won't be bombing through through uh, the course like but it, it's definitely handy to know when the big hulls are coming up and all that kind of stuff because you know you might go flat out down a hull down uh, a hill and then it'd be flat whereas it's completely different if you're coming down and then there's another uh, mountain to climb like so mm, psychologically just to, uh, when you're when it gets tough you're constantly thinking i hope this is over now i hope this uh, is over now whereas when you know what's coming you go right i just have to get my head down now uh, it'll be over and done in about 20 minutes or whatever yeah. but see if you're spending that whole 20 minutes going is it going to be done now when i go over this <laughs> week crest is it going to be done when i go over uh, this week crest it's just yeah. soul destroying every time it's uh, it's not the end yeah mm. uh, so we haven't we haven't done any of the we've done muckish the muckish uh but we definitely st- we, need, start. we need to go and do the route even drive yeah. it and then maybe pull out some training sessions for break uh. it down on these sections like um uh, so I want to do that Lock salt that's apparently that's a, a killer like so I wouldn't mind trying that just in advance yeah I'll, I'll go down me some days too you're going down the cycle every I'll go down and do a training run too 
Brian show me up just then. Oh, Brian, well, can't I run it? No. Well, uh, see where the good parts and yeah. bad parts are. No bar. Happy days. Yeah. What type of bike are you? Go, are you on a TT bike then? I have or? both. I uh, have a TT bike and a, a road bike. But yeah. um, what what bike are you going on? Obviously a road bike. Road is bike it? at uh, the moment. But it's full aluminium frame. Like I'm looking to get a carbon frame bike. Uh, I would definitely recommend a carbon frame bike. Like uh, I, I was out... Um, Nicola Duffy, that Gary's been helping us out with the podcast. I know Nicola Duffy well, I know Nicola. Her, her husband Sean, he took Sean me out in a session and gave me a, gave me a go on his carbon bike. We done a hull session and just massive difference to doing the hulls in the carbon what bike. What kind of bike are you on at the moment? Don't even know, my Carreras on, is it? Carreras, aye, Carreras. It only cost me like three hundred and fifty quid, brand aye, new. Like, so. One of my first bikes, Carrera was like, but see, going to like a Carrera and then going to like compared it to sort of the bike I have uh, like, I'm, like I'd be on a Ferrari and you'd be on a tractor like uh, so that's what I'll be like I know this is, massive difference like this is when I signed up the race is like I'm not come up myself to spend the fortune on a bike and all because um, I'll be done in 10 months and all and now it's just like it's like bike porn any time I'm sitting Danny's only after buying a, a TT bike and I have one on the way coming next week um, sometime and they're mad money like, uh, like talking two grand and three grand like the uh, bike I have in the house is worth three grand like and then have one coming the way and it's just it's it's fifteen hundred for the frame and that's just the frame that's no wheels no sort of group set they're uh, nothing on it's just it's mad money like what do you like at bike maintenance could if you get a flat or anything in the middle of a race it... I would know how they fix a flat but in terms of like uh building the bike and stuff just takes me a while to do it but i would sort of have a whereabouts my uncle damien he would be laughing at me now for saying <laughs> i can know what i know how to do all this because he does it all for me if i need any work done he uh say damien go, go and come in and fix me derailleur or go uh. and come in and do this or do that but i would know how to fix a flat and stuff like but uh i i would say for you to start learning if you don't know uh. learning how to fix a flat and stuff like because for me in a sprint if I get a flat my wrist is over it's simple as that like so right. if I get a puncher that's my wrist done I'll be pulling out straight there and then like there's right. too much time for the, even if you can fix a flat in 30 seconds 30 seconds is a massive gap in uh. cat one wrist and like so the top boys are they'll put 4 minutes on you if you drop that 30 seconds uh. so it's just not worth it fixing the flat or um, or doing any sort of bike maintenance at that sort of stage of game. Um, I would just say for advice for on the wrist, I would have spare wheels. Um, obviously fresh training gear and stuff. You probably uh-huh. all know this already, but <laughs> spare wheels and stuff be a big one. Instead of you standing freezing or getting cold after getting a puncher and you're standing trying to fix it or someone's trying to fix it, where you can just quick have, release a like wheel. Say, you come along the car and saying bang, there's a wheel, take a wee, right. and you're gone. I don't think that's an option for that. You're not allowed any outside help, like, aren't you? No oh, outside help. And you have to carry your supplies with you, so I don't fancy carrying <laughs> two, you're two, carry wheels. two wheels. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... But you, you could do um, wee canisters and stuff. I was looking at the wee canisters, and the armor saying there's wee gels you can get. You spray it and it spray gel uh, and it uh, lifts it up to you. Uh, and what's the difference between a road bike and a TT bike? TT bike be more sort of... TT bike be... Wouldn't be any good for hulls. Right. T bike is like saying you're doing a, say you're doing a TT from here to Bonkrana. 
Uh-huh. Like, it's just a sort of straight road. I know there is a few climbs on it, but you're just on that sort of aero position, right. tucked in, and you're just head down for as hard Bomb as you can go just. on a TT bike. Uh-huh. So say that, I don't know, I don't know the course that you're doing, but if there is any flat sort of, flat road for like over 10 mile or over 20 mile, TT bike may be good. If you're looking to sort of do time, uh-huh. but like in your aspect, you're just looking to finish it. Like, so uh-huh. maybe a TT bike n- might not be any beneficial. Uh-huh. I think Sean was saying that what is it half a course and you wouldn't get one kilometre of flat yeah. ground like it's just hard yeah, so road bike is all your game like uh, yeah. just uh, say 11 speed road bike try and get yourself a carbon 11 speed road bike and you get up a hills nice and you'll definitely find a, a big difference compared yeah. to your career like yeah. Yeah, well, I'm looking at definitely getting a full carbon before the race anyway. Like, what uh, what heart rate monitor do you use? Do you just use your phone, your watch, or do you use a chest strap? Just use a, a chest strap off my Garmin, eh? Chest strap, eh? Uh, so just use a, I have an Apple Watch too. Like I wear an Apple Watch just on like if I'm just going sort of up a town or uh. stuff like that. But uh, the rust doesn't really do any. It's not accurate, like right compared to a chest strap. It'll give you there there bites, but obviously a chest strap's more. More beneficial, uh, more accurate, give you more better reading. Uh, I was looking. Arn actually messaged me, said he had a chest strap if I want to try it out. So I might give that a give that a try as opposed to the the rest, especially even for the like the next lactic acid threshold test, mm-hmm. just to see the crack. How often do you, you get your lactic threshold done, don't you? I haven't got it done all season, but I uh, got it done a few times. I. How often would you get it done? Wrist season, I should be getting it done probably before wrist season, even middle of wrist season, then after, sort of stuff like that. But I haven't got it done at all this season, like it's surprisingly. Mm. Many races would you do in a season? Uh, well, there's six cat ones, and uh, I probably done about four, well, three, three or four. So you're talking maybe, probably, I would say about 11 to 12, anyways, for right. two hours, sort of. But then that's not including like 5Ks and stuff. You obviously do uh-huh. 5Ks or bike races and stuff. I've had a lot of bike racing this year too to improve my cycle. Like, so. Hey, so we've got a wee pull going. Oh, yeah, that's right there. Um, so every, everybody comes on, we're asking them to guess a time. Do <laughs> uh, they think Blaine's going to complete it on? What time was it? Did the winner do it on? <laughs> the winner the last year. You're hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> the winner last year was... What was it? 13. Second? 13 something. But he, he lives in the centre of the course. Um, I'll pull up all the times for last year and you can... Arns will tell me you're a pretty decent biker, like so. Maybe <laughs> decent enough on the bike. Uh, so you can see top three anyway. Murray come in uh, 13 and a half hours. Then Pierce come in 15 and a half hours. And then third, 15 or more or less 16 hours and then you go right down then say once you hit near the bottom 10% they're all coming on like 23 hours basically so I would guess uh, under 22 hours under 22 hours give under us give us sound specific uh, we, need, we need hours minutes and seconds we give it by two guesses don't we because if it's a good day you get right. one guess and a bad day on a good day 19 hours and 40 minutes 1940 uh, a bad day um, talking gale force one and stuff uh, 22 hours 10 minutes 22 10 
once we wrap it up and if I finish, we're, we'll give a prize to whoever gets uh, the most accurate time. We haven't decided what we're going to give you. It'll probably just be we'll buy somebody a pint or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll do maybe, we'll do maybe, um, if we get t-shirts and that, ah. you know, we'll do like t-shirts and we'll see closer to the time. Like. Ah. What was the times there? Did you write them down? Well, we can listen back on the podcast and we'll stick them down then. Uh, Patrick, the podiatrist we had on, we actually forgot to ask him for a time, so I'll drop him a wee message and get his time. Um, We'll get like a wee Top Gear leaderboard or something going on. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a nice wee feature on that. On the Facebook page or something? Yes. Have we anything else you just want to chat about there? That's us, man. No bar. Sounds good. Uh, Well, Thanks very much for coming on those as well. I uh, really no appreciate it. Like, as always, uh, loads of loads of information, loads of tips and stuff that we can go away and break down and, and maybe bring on the other guests and, and bring forward. So again, I really appreciate that. Thanks uh, for happy days. Thanks Thanks for much. your wrist. Brilliant. Thank happy you. Days. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, no we'll see Cheers. you again. This is Big Nick Coyster, two hundred and fifty K podcast. You can follow our journey online at the Coyster two hundred and fifty K Facebook page, Instagram or aidendorleyfitness.com.